0: This film was approved under the motion picture code of self-regulation. And (laughs) now... Hey, welcome to Film Frown, uh, the podcast where we start whenever the heck we feel like it and don't have an introduction or any of that jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere, I have things called notes. Hey, they just say intro. I guess I'll wing it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chris. My co-host is Paul. Hi. Where there's a, a sound effect that uh, I had, but I can't find, but I didn't set it up anyway.
1: <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right yet.
0: mouth foley <laughs> it's, it's kind of our thing callback yeah yeah call back, call back to what wow <laughs> um so uh yeah on this show we talk about bad movies because it are yet another bad movie podcast um and this whole season has been mostly about spies except for a few requests that we had um and tonight we are talking about a a movie that is another spy parody uh from the 60s but first i should introduce um our victims uh survivors um <laughs> <laughs> we're rebranding victims uh tonight we have with us um from a previous episode which has yet to air uh i should just add that that's our call anyway um <laughs> a previous episode that has yet to air That would be um, Murderer's Row with a Matt Helm movie with Dean Martin. And that's uh, Sean Tilly. Hey, Sean.
3: Hey, it's good to be here. I'm shocked that I'm watching another spy movie.
0: (laughs) I'm interested to see how they compare. Um, And we also have returning um, the man whose hat is like a shark fin, Jacob Cook. (laughs) Hi, Jacob.
4: Hello, hello. If only there was enough room in my Twitter bio for that as well. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes yes <laughs> i couldn't agree more hey i usually wow my pants make a loud of noise <laughs> <laughs> I, I i just uh brushed across my pants i'm not it's it's a wonder i'm wearing pants let's just go there is weed legal um, there <laughs> no re- no reason it's it's it uh it's soon <laughs> soon i think this summer it is all right
4: um, well,
2: here too, probably, actually.
4: Getting a head start.
0: Getting a head start. Oh, no, no. It's just uh, metformin for my diabetes. It makes me loopy um, mm-hmm. and controls my blood sugars. It's a miracle. Mm-hmm. Side effects include scratchy pants um, and podcasting. And podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> so, what happens is uh, uh, uncreatively. Uh, Like so many other awesome bad movie podcasts, um, I like to go through a synopsis of the film. And you know what? On the last episode for Masters of the Universe, one of the craziest movies we've ever watched, I just couldn't do it because there was way too many people on air. So we just (laughs) talked about the film, and that was a lot more fun than me going, and then, and then... So that's what we're doing today. I'm I'm changing up on you guys. So let's just talk about this crazy movie because
1: <laughs>
2: favorite I love, scenes, all that stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love the idea of Spock as a secret agent.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I just uh James Coburn is like He's perfect like he's almost more
2: James Bond than anyone like he just like what like he's he's kind of Spock but he's Spock in that episode where they ended up on the love planet and he kind (laughs) of wants to get his groove on a little bit.
0: Yeah. Wow that's that's a yeah I didn't even think about that. You're right he he does he does have some emotion that's for sure
3: Um, especially when calm like he doesn't get worked up ever. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no no he does not he kind of doesn't have time for anybody either which i sort of enjoy
4: yeah yeah so can 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 somebody explain to me is this uh was this intended to be a parody i kind of? i i think it
2: was okay because they make the references to triple oh eight um mm-hmm. and they kind of they kind of poke fun i think at the whole james bond concept but at the same time, it's it it kind of takes itself seriously, like within the un within within its little universe that it's setting up. It does mm-hmm. kind of take itself seriously, so I, I can see how it's like it's kind of hard to tell,
4: but it feels like it should be a parody. Yeah. yeah, this is this is by far the the worst movie that you have had me watch yet. I will say that.
3: Really, I honestly really liked it. I. uh... <laughs> I felt that this was a lot better than Murderers Row. Mm.
2: I it is definitely better than Murderers Row in in my opinion as well.
3: Like Derek Flint and Matt Held are like on two opposite ends of the James Bond <laughs> imitator spectrum. Like Matt Held's like an inferior James Bond that's like an alcoholic and like really crass, and like Derek Flint is like he never says anything bad. He's super calm and like he's yeah. just like kind of chill.
2: Yeah, he kisses all the girls, but never with an open
3: mouth. Yeah, and he like <laughs> never he never like speaks ill of any woman. He doesn't like that's do anything. It's like malicious. Yeah,
2: he actually tries no, to deprogram the uh, the uh, pleasure chamber.
4: Exactly, He's a, he's an OG feminist, so nobody he's... nobody is a pleasure unit except for the fact that he is also a closet bigamist.
3: <laughs> Correct. Hmm. Yes. Interesting.
4: You would say Maybe he's just
0: uh, ahead um...
3: of his time.
0: Yeah, I thought he was more polyamorous, or he's like the world's first Mormon spy.
2: <laughs> plausible. Pla- plausible. <laughs> Derek Smith. Yes. And here's my closet of magic underwear.
0: So, so what we're saying, <laughs> so what we're saying is, uh, is that Matt Helms from Murderers Row and. Uh, and James Coburn, they they were part of an experiment that gave birth to Sean Connery.
3: <laughs> right, they're like two halves of an atom.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's
2: like twins, but a spy movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the interesting thing is, so we did the reverse on this one. So there is a there is a sequel to this movie, which is in like Flint, um, what? which also is James Coburn. Uh, was made the very next year. Um, which is the opposite of what we did with, uh, Murderer's Row, which was actually the second Matt Helm movie, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So we watched the sequel to that one (laughs) in that case, we watched the original in this case. I'm kind of interested to watch in, like, Flint, uh, now. Um, partly because you always hear the name In Like Flynn, uh, but a lot of people end up saying In Like Flint because I think it ended up kind of getting th- sort of autocomplete stuck in people's brains after that movie came out.
3: Yeah. Also, apparently oh. it's Austin Powers' favorite movie. In Like Flint? Yeah. Like, he makes a passing reference to it in, like, the second Austin Powers film. <laughs>
2: I do love love his crazy bed that he has when we see his apartment. And it's (laughs) it's like this crazy trillium bed. I don't understand. (laughs) But it is amazing.
3: I I also love that his doorbell really just adjusts a mirror that's hanging over his head so it flashes sunlight in his face. I thought that was pretty classy.
0: Oh, yeah. His, His gadgets are, like, way cool. They are... Very cool. And his little watch that like wakes him up like uh, that one in one of my notes. I was like, oh, cool. Like Jacob is watching this with us. So I can tell like uh, Jacob and Paul with their Apple watches to suck it because his is way better.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if either of those guys had his watch, they'd be able to wake up during the movie.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't hear you. I was standing up because my watch told me to. Ah. <laughs> I like how it doubles as a microscope as well. (laughs) Yeah, that was one of my favorite pieces of that. It's like a little backlight in a microscope.
3: I was like really confused by that scene for a second because he's like looking and there's this really trippy kaleidoscopic design. And then he's just like, oh, it's cold cream. (laughs) Water from the
2: (laughs) Chesapeake Bay. (laughs) I'm off to Rome.
0: (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah, that's um, that's one of my uh, favorite things, too, is like uh, I think I, I I managed to get the text from that where he's like talking to um, his boss. and He's like, damn it, man, isn't there anything you don't know? And he's like a great many things, sir, but nothing of consequence.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the tit for tat comparison with his superior is really funny because his boss is just like. I want you to follow the rules. I want you to do these things. And every time he brings something up, Flynn's like, nah, I'm going to do it my way. It's okay, though. Uh, I know what I'm doing. It just like really frustrates him. He's just like, let me help you.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay, and uh, then the this is the team of men you're taking with you? And he's like, well, I'm not taking any men with you. Me, I know you know I work alone. He's like, you said you'd be part of the team. Yeah, but I didn't say they'd be part of my
2: team. <laughs> <laughs> It's a team of one. Once I'm part of it, everyone else is uh, is gone. Okay.
0: And the movie starts and, like, you know you're in the 60s, and I'm sorry, and maybe I'm just like, okay, I am old. I know this, but, hey,
2: (laughs) where are my pneumatic tubes, okay? Yeah. Yeah. I need to get me some T-mail. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I like the fact that, like, they get all these deliveries
0: to this top secret room through pneumatic tube. And then, like, near the end of the movie, when they think they've captured Flint, they send a picture of him to them and they're like, send it. And it just goes through the pneumatic tube. And I'm like, there's a pneumatic tube that goes from this hidden island. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Like, who's sending everything through the tubes?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like is it like the internet now, where it's just connected through cables under the ocean? Like, there's pneumatic tubes under the ocean, or <laughs> is there like some sort of like dispatch, like post office, where there's like guys like sorting tubes? Like, this is the worst job ever.
3: <laughs> oh, look, Ned Stevens did call the, the internet evil layer. <laughs> Better Stevens did call the
4: uh, internet a series of tubes. So I'm pretty oh, sure there's some kind of correlation there.
3: Yep. Oh. Yep.
4: Wow! Oh,
2: oh, these are like these tubes that I saw in that movie. (laughs) I represent hundreds of thousands of people. So,
0: I I also, like, uh, Jacob, like, a really awesome clue in the beginning of the film that this is parody is the name of the organization, which is Zonal Organization for World Intelligence and
4: Espionage. I know. I got a kick out of that. It reminded me of the the gag from *SpongeBob SquarePants*, where there was an evil gang called Evil, which of course was an acronym for "Every Villain Is Lemons."
0: <laughs> I, I love the acronym Zowie. Zowie, like, yeah. That's. I work for Zowie, and uh, is that
3: you a know, startup.
4: <laughs> no, because it has vowels in it,
3: right? Ooh. Oh. Yeah. ZWY it was
4: a,
0: It's like it's like Shaggy and Scoob have left the mystery team because they've formed the startup Zowie. <laughs> <laughs> we like we like to show you how to get to the best sandwiches, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Well I'd to say Anderson
4: Horowitz has already put five million out on it. Wow. <laughs>
3: do have to say something that i really liked it's like kind of a small gag Uh, i totally thought zowie was like the un at first just the way the room shot the way it looks yeah until they say you know what this is a problem let's ask the computer and the wall behind them just slips open to reveal (laughs) this gigantic disgusting IBM mainframe thing and they all rush to it to grab tickets from it it's like some kind of punch card computer.
2: <laughs> right. It suddenly turned into a 60s documentary about computers. <laughs> <laughs> we just see like a million punch cards everywhere.
3: And they all say Derek Flynn. Like, what right. if something was just wrong with the computer? They're not like, oh, we're missing a bracket somewhere, so it's just giving this one guy's name at <laughs> a time. Yeah. Or or
0: one, or one of the computers, right? Because I like the... <laughs> I like the idea because all of my education comes from films and not schools. So (laughs) I like the fact that I just saw (laughs) hidden figures where all the women were called computers and they're like, let's go to the computer and those doors open and there's like all these women walking towards them. Right. Because they have to key in the code to make the punch cards. The ladies do that. these Guys don't lift a finger. So (laughs) for Univac, it was a Univac. I
2: saw it. It was a Univac. Yep. Yep.
4: Well, the purpose of the exercise was collecting input from the various nationalities or, or countries represented in that kind of Dr. Strangelove esque <laughs> large chamber. <laughs> By the way, there was far too many people in that room uh, for whatever they were trying to do. But right, then, of course, you no all. There's no
3: secrets being kept.
4: Right. No way, no way. So you all write down the criteria for the man of the hour. Uh, and then you feed it to the computer, uh, but the computer all comes up with the same name. So clearly, in my opinion, the only thing that they all did was they looked at their card, they shrugged, and they wrote down, okay, well, give me some kind of asshole. And everyone gives the same <laughs> card to the computer. And then, of course, it, it comes up with the up. same answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's like my one, one guy in the back who's like, everyone's like, Flint. And then the one guy in the back's like, "Mine says Snake Bliskin."
2: <laughs> Mine says He's... Matt Helm. Get out of here! <laughs> He's drunk. <laughs> He's a jerk. Mine says yeah. Hans
4: Gruber. Oh wait, no, too early.
2: Oh, too
4: early. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and it's interesting that the other film that we watched. Uh, with Matt Helms, uh, with Dean Martin, that that film also, he's like, no, I I can't be bothered right now. I'm kind of busy. Right. Yeah. And and, and same with this film. And like, um, you know, he goes to like appeal to Flint. uh, And that's when his awesome doorbell, which is just a mirror, (laughs) wakes him up (laughs) from his crazy bed. And he's just like, well, you know, the He's like, but the world's in trouble. And he's like, yeah, well, it usually is, but it manages to extricate itself without my help.
3: (laughs) I like that just prior to that, as his superior is coming into his his home, he's just like, hey, put your hand down and smile quickly or that dog is going to tear your arm off.
0: Yeah. And the guy is like so confused and so annoyed that he has to go to Flint in the first place because he turned down like Mm -hmm. a general and the general's uh, person and
4: (laughs) I don't
0: know. I'm really bad at that. And uh, yeah, so he's really annoyed and so he can't even smile. It's like it's really easy, man. That dog will eat you. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, the dog brought you into the room by your arm. So I think you should just do as he says, you know.
3: Do you know how much work it took for me to train the dog to do that?
4: <laughs> yeah, it gives us a sense. And then, the of course, that... just after. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say then, uh, of course, just after that. He thinks that he's offended by the fact that there are nude statues in the house, and then he pushes a button and they all go away. So that's how you know he's Mormon. That's how you know he's Mormon. He actually built secret compartments for his naughty statues.
2: (laughs) And can put them away with a touch of a button.
0: (laughs) That's right. And he has a hope chest filled with canned goods in case the world ends.
3: Um... (laughs) And teaches ballet.
0: That's right, yes. Yep,
2: yep.
3: Yeah, oh, don't I worry, mean,
0: I
2: have my own jet. Oh. <laughs> he, has a, he has his own everything. He doesn't he doesn't seem to actually work for anybody. <laughs> and he's somehow independently wealthy or something, I guess.
0: Yeah, and the yeah. and the government. Tries to give him that case of all these like secret gadgets and like he's like it's you know it's got like 63 ways to like yeah kill or do something and like he's like this little lighter has 82 well 83 if you want to light a cigar (laughs) right right (laughs) and
2: and God bless the Swiss Army Zippo
0: yeah. Yeah, and God bless the Internet, because uh, the Internet is so awesome because on the IMDB page,
2: like someone's like,
0: the chemical formulas in that government case are just a bunch of nonsense. None of them would <laughs> actually be carried by a spy. One is boric acid, the other one <laughs> just like <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I love that you took the time to write this in IMDB. Why am I so lazy?"
4: So wait, now you're going to tell me also that the secret codes that he used throughout the movie don't actually mean anything?
3: (laughs) They're just lottery ticket numbers.
4: Apparently. Well, it's a code
0: based on... I know what it's based on.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's such a funny recurring gag.
0: It is. It is. It went by me the first time because I was probably writing notes. And then like when he said at 40, 26, 36, the other guy's like, I can guess what it's based on. I was like, <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. And and my favorite part is at the end, like when uh, the nerds, the science nerds who are trying to uh, take over the world don't understand the code like these <laughs> right. men of science of course they don't understand that code <laughs> that's so terribly cliche <laughs> so uh um near the beginning of the film uh I also enjoy I was really confused uh you guys can maybe help me out with this so all the computer stuff says get flint so they're after flint and he says no And so Flynn's going to go out to dinner with his four ladies, um, as you do the sister wives, whatever they are. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and, um, and he's like going to dance with each one of them. And the music changes for them. So much music in this (laughs) film, especially in the beginning, there's very little dialogue. Like it's just all music. Um, but, uh, well, it is Jerry Goldsmith. That's true. That's true. um, so the, uh, the woman is dressed like uh, the bad lady. Uh, what is her name? Gila? She's uh, dressed as one of the waitresses. She's backstage with the Hans Gruber, <laughs> <laughs> uh, our bald friend. And he pulls out a pen, opens it up, and he takes some tweezers and pulls out this poison dart. And then he sticks it into the curtain backstage she
3: disappears. yeah i love this
0: she disappears goes back and changes her outfit and then comes back and takes the dart from there and then um knocks out the harp player from behind the curtain and pulls her back and then takes her spot and i was just like why were you even dressed like a waitress in the first place (laughs) (laughs) and why didn't hans gruber just give you the dart
4: Yep. I was I so confused of, uh, my favorite part of all that is when the camera then shows behind her when she's sitting next to the harp behind her towards everybody dancing and they're literally six feet away from where she was sitting there's no way that they could have not seen that kind of pullback maneuver and somebody taking their place that was <laughs> like 20 <laughs> seconds long yeah
3: the best of all like this assassination attempt hinges on some assumptions, mechanically speaking, where she uses a <laughs> harp like a bow and arrow to shoot a very tiny poisonous dart and assume that it's going to hit the right person with 100% accuracy. To me, that's like such an astonishing piece of writing that like, I can't believe somebody actually came up with that.
0: I don't know. I'm, I never thought that harps could be so deadly but you know then i watched you know one of those marx brothers films this guy's scary (laughs) yeah it was there was a lot going on there and of course she misses and and hits uh the guy i don't even know what his name is his Um, superior yeah his superior (laughs) right she's not um yeah. And
3: then and, as if to prove something, Flint immediately performs life-saving surgery on the man.
0: Right. With a candle and a knife. Yeah.
3: <laughs> the doctor said if I had waited three seconds longer, you would have been gone.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that's when he says the doctor said if I if you'd had waited four seconds longer, he's like, actually three seconds, sir. And that's <laughs> why It's like, damn it, man, is there anything you don't know? <laughs>
4: Ah, yeah. So I'm curious. That's kind of one of curious. the things that I kind of appreciate about this film is that in, in the early James Bond films, it was very much, okay, build up the mystique around James Bond. Everybody loves him and appreciates him because he's really, really good at what he does, but to a believable extent. And then with this movie, people are just like, throw it all out the window. We don't care about believability anymore. This is basically... Jesus Christ reincarnated, and he's going to (laughs) kick butt and solve crime, and we don't care if people actually believe it or not. (laughs) Right.
2: This is what happens if if we made Ex Machina a character. (laughs) He's going to walk into any situation and defuse it. No problem. He can handle anything. (laughs) There will never be any tension when he's in
0: the room. (laughs) Ugh. Jacob made me think of UHF, which we watched once on this show because uh, we pulled it out of a book, page number someone gave us, and uh, there's that uh, awesome, like, Gandhi 2 this time. He's yeah. pissed or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> he's got, like, a machine gun and a Corvette.
3: <laughs> and he so orders great. steak.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> You've gone too far. <laughs> I'm really curious, though, uh, because I'm talking to um, some very smart people today, uh, um, myself included. Uh, (laughs) No, I'm talking to some uh, developer types here with uh, Paul and Jacob and Sean. So can our smartphones do 82 different things like his little lighter?
3: I mean, uh, it depends on what you define by that. Like you can to 82 different apps if you want, but like it's not going <laughs> to light a cigarette for you.
2: Well, if it's a what? Samsung, it might. But it can only you do stop. it once.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Speaking of explosives, <laughs> let's talk about how Derek Flint diffuses a, a bomb situation. He's, uh, he's at this kind of bar, and after getting into a brawl, and killing the Nazi in the bathroom, he flips his jacket inside out and uses toilet paper to make, like, a turban. And then he (laughs) steps out, starts... He says, like, Allah Jihad or something like that. starts firing a gun, and people freak out and run out of the building. Like, I couldn't tell if I was more offended or impressed. (laughs) Then he just tosses the gun at the bomb, and it just goes off. And everything's fine like yeah that's like one of the most ridiculous ways to resolve a problem yeah i
2: feel like this this scene would not play well in france at all these days (laughs) probably not
0: (laughs) that's true it was a a a french uh it was a french strip club yeah
4: It was somehow a French strip club. However, none of the people none of the people who were supposed to be foreign actually spoke the language that they were supposed to speak. Like the Italian cab driver in Rome was very clearly a guy from New Jersey who was like a fifth generation immigrant. Like and and all of the French people were exactly the same way. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I was kind of impressed that like only bit characters with two lines had accents at all.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: Yeah that that was interesting uh because I don't understand how the eagle could tell the Americans from the non-Americans.
4: <laughs> oh 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 my theory is that that's the island of misfit Canadians. Everyone <laughs> on the island is Canadian.
3: Birds can just smell maple syrup on people. What about that guy? He doesn't smell like maple syrup. There you go. <laughs> okay, You're all here because
2: you don't apologize enough.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Tone it, tone it down, Jacob. Don't t- don't tell our Canadian secrets. Like all the technology we have here, the the hovering, um, flying <laughs> ships and things like that. Like on the island, the utopian island. Um, yeah, and in the bar, he he trades uh, he trades some uh, intel with Triple O Eight, mm-hmm. <laughs> who has a terrible Scottish accent.
3: Yeah, to it's supposed to be Bond. Sean Connery.
0: Yeah. I love
3: uh, that uh, like he approaches Flint and he's like, I want to work with you. And Flint's like, That's great, and immediately kicks him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and they use brawling to mask the fact that they're totally just talking to each other.
4: This is how Which tough is, guys communicate. Yeah
0: yeah I think like when you're on the school playground, like you push each other, but you're really just talking, but like when you're at that level of spy game, that's just what you have to do like i'm a I'm assuming for um you know M to get where she was, like
4: she just beat the
0: shit out of people, <laughs>
4: <laughs> and of course, in that very, very busy place, it was far less controversial to see two people fighting than two people sitting down having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, because what would you be talking about? Everyone's there for the booyah base, not the stripping. Because <laughs> this is what Flint has done. Is he's uh, what, what was it? Oh, the the um, the person who handled the poison dart, even though Hans Gruber used tweezers, I believe. <laughs> recently had booyah base. Yep. He could tell this from smelling it.
3: Yeah, and there's... he's like, well, what's the distribution of the ingredients? Yeah, what proportions? <laughs> oh, it's totally this place. And then he, like, goes to a bunch of restaurants, has, like, one sip of soup at each of them, and then finally just runs into the right pub.
0: Yeah, that was... And and then in the pub, that's when we get the little microscope watch scene where mm-hmm. he just looks at it and he's like, oh, it's cold cream. You know, like your your uh, your chemistry finals when you're looking through microscopes and they just like throw things at you,
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> right under the microscope, yeah. you're like,
0: uh, 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 uh identify uh, this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, from a worm in Japan? No, it's a worm in Italy who grew up in Japan. Ha ha. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Is it boron? It's got <laughs> boron in it.
4: <laughs> the proportion of garlic in it is slightly yet less than it is at this other place so this can't be it right right
2: yeah i yeah so i do enjoy how he knows it's not the right place just by tasting
1: yeah
3: Which, how uh, is he so observant like how does this guy what is Derek flynn, <laughs>
0: what is Derek flynn? he's ai he's a lexicon alive
4: yeah well, I believe this 60s. movie was actually the inspiration for Rain Man what I said I believe this movie was actually inspiration for the film Rain Man.
3: I heard you. I'm just incredulous
4: <laughs> as
3: well
0: you should be um no, I actually, I think this whole booyah based thing that we're exploring actually <laughs> gives credit to Jacob's theory about the anti american eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Because if he can smell maple syrup and he knows just the right amount, then he obviously (laughs)
3: knows that person's American. There's no fooling that eagle.
2: (laughs) No. The one thing Derek Flint can't stand—it's maple syrup. (laughs) Diabolical.
4: (laughs) Even that was actually a kind of. It was a kind of interesting moment in the film as well because it's the only reference to, I think it's probably the only time the word American was used. Like, even with this secret super multinational spy organization, that was very much uh, the whole world thing. But apparently, we're also supposed to feel bad about an anti-American eagle at some point (laughs) in the movie.
2: Maybe he actually is the computer. Which would explain why the computer... Tells them that he's the guy that they need. Like he—he's just an avatar for the for the Zowie computer.
1: Mm.
2: Interesting. Then he's also not worried about any of the fights he's getting into because he's just an avatar. There's another one somewhere. He's
0: like Auto Man. Oh, I'm glad I made that reference when I'm the only one that gets it. Um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Darn it. Um, Desi Arnaz Jr.? No? Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I really want to find that show. We should watch the whole season uh, because it's a show where Desi Arnaz Jr. designs a computer program to, you know, like save the world because he's a programmer, but he works for the cops, but he really wants to be out on the street, but he's a nerd. So he designs Auto Man. (laughs) And Auto Man can only come out at night because it takes so much electricity to generate him. (laughs) 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 And he has a little pal called Cursor, which is just this little dot that flies around and makes him like a Lamborghini or a helicopter when he needs it. Yeah.
2: And helps him write (laughs) letters when he's trying to. (laughs) Hey, Auto Man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it was... It was the 80s with R2D2, like, right? So Cursor didn't actually say anything. He just, like, made bleeps and bloops, and only oh, the Autofan could understand him. Yeah. Yep. You know. That makes sense. Yeah.
2: Yay. Good tangent. <laughs> this is the part of Film Frown where we talk about a better movie than the one we watched. It helps
3: us forget
1: <laughs>
2: the palate cleanser. <laughs> so, anyway, Masters of the Universe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, I'm curious about
0: like I didn't actually look it up, but uh, I'm curious like obviously like the persons persons who made Die Hard actually named Hans Gruber after the Hans Gruber in this. I would think.
3: Yeah, that really threw me off at first because I'm like, where have I heard that name before? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I know, and once I understood that that was his name, like I had this like uncomfortable feeling like i wanted to throw him off of nakatami towers or talking about
3: him. <laughs> i mean it's only fitting that he was a hitler youth <laughs> Yes, that wears a monocle apparently
0: yeah, until it falls in his booyah base <laughs> so yeah what's the deal like it's it's not enough to know that like we're fighting bad guys but like when he walks into the bathroom like Derek flint's like oh hans groomer uh former hitler youth i was just like <laughs> we already know he's a bad guy like i'm not feeling like oh please don't beat him up i'm kind of a thing for bald dudes
3: yeah this can't just be someone that's on the wrong side like we have to really hate him right but just him like no one else is a nazi but they do all say that he was a good friend of theirs
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh and then we also have in this film um the guy who plays uh, Malcolm Rodney is uh, Devin from Knight Rider. It's he, it's nice that he's playing a bad guy the same way he plays Devon on Knight Rider. But
3: <laughs> probably the blandest villain I've seen in a while.
4: Agreed. Like,
3: he's like kind of like a a sort of casual corporate evil, but not like <laughs> a villain like in the traditional sense. Like he wants efficiency. He's really mad at their failure attempts and like almost wants to fire his partner. Right. And like, yeah, he doesn't like his motivation doesn't really actually make sense. Like the scientists, you can look at that and say, okay, I get it. But this guy, like what, what, why does he even care about all this?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. We never really get that. We never understand. And, and and it is kind of weird. Like, I mean, I know, like, in Goldfinger and even, like, You Only Live Twice, which we watched recently on this show, um, like, the villains are egomaniacs, but uh, none of them are, like, so pretentious to put their crest on their jacket.
3: <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite uh, throwaway moments is when Derek Flint has been captured by them, and he, like, jabs his finger at Rodney's chest and is like, it's always the Rodneys that end up on the wrong side or something like that. And then he kicks it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I feel like there was like three boars or something on, on the crest. Like he was like in one of the houses of Hogwarts. I don't know.
4: Exactly. Um, or This is Draco Malfoy's great-great-grandfather. <laughs> I
0: love it. Oh, am I getting a call?
3: <laughs> oh, my God, you didn't. Yeah, that's not a that, sentence. They reused that noise in Austin Powers.
0: I know, they right? Did,
3: yes. That was pretty awesome. Oh, wow.
0: It's so faint. <laughs> <Fun>. <laughs> Probably have that track muted. Um, yeah, so... I guess I should say uh, to mom who's listening. Hi, mom. um, (laughs) The interesting thing also about the fact that this is a parody film, I find quite strange considering our time now, but these bad guys are three scientists who have figured out how to control the weather and, Everyone at Zowie, who's gotten together at the beginning of the film, is freaking out because the Arctic has gone up four degrees. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, if only our current governments were concerned about the temperature of the Arctic. Yes.
3: Well, you see, the difference is that mad scientists aren't doing that in the real world. (laughs) Right. We look at that and we're like, oh, it just sort of happened, I guess. Yeah, But if it, like, happened overnight, like, we would freak out because it would be a mad scientist.
4: In, in the very, very beginning of the movie, they spent a decent amount of time looking at the results and talking amongst themselves, trying to figure out who was causing all of this. And I couldn't stop yelling at the television, it's the oil companies, it's the oil companies, it's the oil <laughs> companies. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that, that was interesting. And their whole idea... Again, like, I mean, I got maybe, maybe I'm missing it because it is today and not 1967, but their whole idea is like, yeah, we think society could be more productive if they were under our control. So, like, we just want to take over and make things better. And I'm just like, um,
1: hmm. (laughs)
0: <laughs> like I guess that's why yeah. it's parody because they just want to make a better world instead of destroy it.
2: I, I don't know.
3: Right. I mean, they wanted to remake society in their image.
2: Right. Which was interesting. Right. But it's like, it's not a big deal. We just want to reprogram all the women into pleasure slaves.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that like directly betrays everything that they claim to be doing. Right. Like, right. Their version of a better world involves sex slavery.
0: Well. I mean, to be fair, they don't know what forty twenty six thirty six code is based on. So, <laughs> like, if only they knew that code, then they wouldn't be making people into pleasure units. So, I'm—I don't know if anyone read that, but uh, I, I actually read it before I finished the film. But uh, <laughs> the, the pleasure unit supervisor <laughs> is Mister Whipple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is really strange that the man responsible for reprogramming women into pleasure units is the guy who says don't squeeze the charm
3: <laughs> middle age hits hard <laughs> uh
0: he's just trying to make up for this movie his whole career <laughs>
2: Yeah. So in retrospect, maybe this is obvious, but are the are the um, the little pinkish red pills or whatever that's in the that's in the canisters? Are those the the drugs that Triple O Eight is looking for?
3: Yeah, I didn't wow. understand what that was about actually. Because
2: apparently, for you know, for uh, MI Six, it's more important that they track down these drug dealers. Then deal with global warming, which, um, you know, makes them more like Americans than we would think. There's something Seems in common realistic. there. <laughs> hmm. no, 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 no. Does... He's tracking down uh, this big narcotics thing.
0: And does Flint do anything with the little pill that he takes out of his? He puts it in his pocket, but then does he ever use it?
3: No, like it's a total MacGuffin.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just
3: like the dog.
2: <laughs> we spent a lot of time talking about this friggin' dog. He just stays at the apartment, I guess.
3: Yeah. yeah he... <laughs> does he just feed them the arms of people who, like, don't put their hands down? <laughs>
4: the dog wouldn't have been any use on the island to misfit Canadians because clearly everybody is very, very happy and always smiling. Yeah, they'd so. have
2: been polite. Nobody's hostile towards Flint at all. <laughs> it may be, maybe the dog
0: was actually – there's like another connection in the script that got cut out and maybe the dog was actually saved by Flint from a Hitler youth camp where everyone mm. was doing Heil Hitler, and so now he <laughs> bites the arm off of anyone who raises their hand. Are
3: you trying to write a fan prequel? <laughs> yes. There, there's at least Uber. some kind of a
2: short film in which the dog kills the eagle, but I, I'm i not sure that PETA is okay
3: <laughs> with it. That's yeah, the 60s.
4: <laughs> you guys have the very very rare gift of being the first people ever to think about making fan fiction about a new, old franchise.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's been like... I well, guarantee you, nobody has years. ever written
4: fan fiction about this franchise. Oh man, that's a tough call. Yeah,
3: I don't
0: even want if that in my search history.
3: Crossover with Matt Help. So...
0: The other thing I noticed was um, when they're controlling the weather in the beginning, and then I think uh, (laughs) we should talk about the scene where they capture Flint. But in both of those scenes, um, (laughs) wow, damn, remote controls are big in 1967. Oh, yeah. Like, bigger than my monitor big. (laughs) And they looked to be, like, 90% just the logo of the bad guys. (laughs) Buttons. (laughs) <laughs> yes. And switches. But yeah, they look like
2: a giant eye. I oh, right. thought maybe they were right. they were like some sort of Egyptian bad guys. I do like nope. how in these movies with the remote controls there's no there's generally no user interface to them. You just pretty much have to know what that button's gonna do when you press it. And that it's there. Wow. <laughs> So you mean it
0: like the remote controls in some of these movies are like Snapchat before Snapchat.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm showing my age.
2: No, no, you have to swipe the button left to get the chair to eject.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I also read that uh, Pauline KL, she's a, a critic who's quite uh, like Ebert uh, really liked her. And uh, she really changed the way people do film criticism. So apparently uh, the studio did a press junket in Jamaica for our man Flint. Wow. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Awesome. So, so she was like, I think that's why everyone's saying that this is a good movie because it's actually crap. So basically they paid them (laughs) off by taking them to Jamaica. (laughs) And uh, not too long before, I think before that, she or after, I'm really bad with my film history because I probably agree with her. She also said the sound of music was garbage and it should have been called the sound of money because it's just like some Hollywood garbage to get people to buy a ticket.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So she got fired.
0: She got fired for those two sort of harsh (laughs) reviews from McCall's magazine, but went on to other places anyway. But yeah.
4: She's a a, a person from, uh, from before her time.
0: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and poor Flint when he fakes his, well, yeah. Okay. So that's crazy. Like, the whole, like, I guess this is, again, parody. Like, Mm -hmm. the whole capturing him.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Where he, like, goes into the office. I actually like that um, he's, he knows he's going into a trap. So, he flirts with, uh, what's her name? Gila? He flirts with her. And then um, they both trade barbs about, like, they both know what's going on. And then.
3: then um, they shag.
0: Yeah, they shag. (laughs) Uh, and, uh, she like takes her keys and like very poignantly puts them in her purse.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And so he like wakes up and very poignantly grabs them and disappears. And, um, the one thing I liked about this scene was, uh, uh, our, our buddy from Knight Rider, Pete, <laughs> <he, laughs> He actually gets his hands dirty here because uh, Flint breaks into a safe and then he pushes the door closed with someone else.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when when this whole thing was going down, there was a split second where I thought they're hooking up an automobile to the air vent. They're going to fill it up with just noxious smoke and they're going to kill him and that's going to be it. But... They just like hitched it to the truck and then just drove away with that chunk of the building.
4: <laughs> yeah. Somehow it's even less plausible than the carbon monoxide. truck. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: have a great story about that, but I won't change it right now. Um, I want you, but uh, I have to say, you think that that's kind of crazy and unbelievable. As Jacob just said, but to further the point, they make the whole building disappear and an alley appear, and a restaurant the yeah, in the control. alley.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. And they just like have a handful of like twenty to thirty people to like pretend <laughs> that it's a restaurant and sit there for hours while the cops get there.
0: Yeah, and our our poor like our poor what was the Italian but not really in this scene
4: New the Jersey taxi driver. driver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who hasn't wanted to make their cab driver look like an idiot? And this is a perfect opportunity to do so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's and a they, pretty yeah. clever gimmick. Like, I've never really seen a spy movie where they just make a building disappear <laughs> and then make the cab driver that knows about it seem like a crazy or stupid person. Right, <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> I mean, he must be a pretty new cab driver if he doesn't know that ordinarily there's a road there.
4: Well, you'd be surprised.
0: surprised. (laughs) Yeah, you would, actually. I was actually coming to visit you, Paul, in Grand Rapids, and I asked a cab driver, like, how much it would be to get there from the airport. And, like, he didn't know, like, (laughs) where he was going. And then he was like, You can tell me, right? Like when I get close. And I was like, What? <laughs> like, you're a cab driver in the city. Like maybe you should know. Right. Like, why do I have to get my Google Maps out? They have internet here. <laughs> yeah. 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 So forklift. I liked, I wrote forklift in my notes because I was getting kind of bored of the scene where they have him captured he fakes his death using his awesome meditation technique where he can stop his heart. Right. And so they put him in a coffin and then there's like, I don't know, like eight cutaway shots of them moving through the facility with the coffin. And I was bored at this point. (laughs) (laughs) And then they show like a forklift driver, like with the coffin upright, which it doesn't have a latch on it. So it seems like that body should have fell out, but what do I know? (laughs) Um, But then, I was just like watching it and I'm bored. So I was like, oh, wow. I never thought like if you work somewhere like every day where you use a forklift, like do you have pallbearers or do they just bring the forklift in?
2: (laughs) 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 Yeah, I find myself wondering if his watch just occasionally attempts to re resuscitate him once in a while. Just as a safety to make sure that he didn't forget to set it.
0: Yeah, well, or is it one of those fancy like uh Timex watches from this time where they're kinetic and they wind while you walk and do things? Right. Or <laughs> right. does it have a battery in it? Because you should probably make sure your battery's good before you decide to meditate in yes. death
3: yeah. state. You don't know how long that's gonna take.
0: Listen to us, all us guys with, like, modern technology saying, like, we don't trust technology because it gets released (laughs) when it's totally buggy and bullshit. But that's just me.
3: (laughs) No, I mean, mechanical technology is great. It's just that everything's digital now.
0: Yeah, I agree. So after this show is done, we're going to start building the pneumatic tubes, and that's how we're going to deliver the podcast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The world's first podcast on tape. (laughs)
0: and like it's all mechanical so you know if like the air pressure thing goes wrong then you just have to like put your mouth on the tube and be like (laughs) (laughs) try to get your messages
3: don't choke on the envelope
0: (laughs) the pneumatic tube from dyson um yeah (laughs) so the other thing i have in my notes from the island the utopian island (laughs) Is I, I made a little note called Armand Fl- Flute because, like you said, <laughs> everyone is smiling and happy and there's music playing in the background. And you're like, well, yeah, there's music in every scene in this film. But no, this is, I think this is gygetic music because there's a person with a guitar and a person with a flute and a person <laughs> like walking behind him. And I was like, what? I, I also noticed in this scene, like two girls are playing like that. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Star Trek fans. I'm I made notes when I was tired, but space chess. <laughs> yep. Yep. Like that's always in Star Trek. Um
3: Yeah, this so. is kind of unique in the sense that the villains layer, like as far as James Bond tropes are concerned, they're usually very sinister and foreboding. The idea of making it like a hippie pleasure island was a really interesting surprise. Yeah, yeah.
4: It, it wasn't – it didn't particularly align for me plot-wise because Rodney, our stodgy uh, British – quasi-British friend, <laughs> you can totally tell that the only reason why he's a villain is because he decided to leave Britain because he was afraid of that whole Beatles thing going on. So I don't understand why <laughs> Why he would go someplace where there's actually more hippies.
3: Maybe he like joined the sciences because he was tired of rain and like mm-hmm. they promised him that like England would be sunny forever.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, this prequel is all working out really well. Yes, yeah, man. <laughs> we just have to get the
2: anti-American eagle in there somewhere, <laughs> right? Right. Well, <laughs> it's his. It's his familiar from when he was in Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, it's
0: his. Uh, wow, why can't I think of that? Oh, time to watch those movies, Alex <laughs> Windsor.
4: However, we end up working the anti-American eagle into the sequel, I promise you it'll work out better than working the anti-American eagle into this movie was. Yeah. Completely (laughs) random. Yeah. Very
3: surprising.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Like, at
3: that point, it's the only thing that exposes him.
0: I like that, actually. Wow. That's a good idea in bad movies. It's just like, you know what? We give up on coming up with a plot point so here we're just gonna fly an eagle to expose <laughs>
2: <you>. <laughs> americans love eagles but they'll hate this one tonight on buzzfeed <laughs> it's, it's diabolical
0: <laughs> wow and uh and this is where like like you guys said like I, I didn't get it but the uh the whole theory of our scientists bad guys falls to the wayside with the whole programming of women to be pleasure units. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, right.
1: The Can whole movie... About this
3: for a minute? Because, like, this entire part of this, the movie, like, the sets in particular, look like someone just took Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and, like, ate a ton of acid <laughs> and then just tried <laughs> to, like, create a set based on what came out. Like,
4: Sounds about there right, are yeah.
3: moments that are, like, a Greco-Roman Garden of Delights... Like, yes. there's a lot of like weird holy mountain kind of imagery yep. and then like for some reason there's a bunch of cars sitting in front of a fake drive-in as like <laughs> supposedly pretend boyfriends make out with their brainwashed girlfriends
4: mm-hmm. like
3: what is that about
4: um hello that this also does West seem world. kind of like holy holy mountain imagery I was expecting there to be a scene where there's a bunch of lizards dressed up as Incas and then frog massacres <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, the film ends with them all burning their own possessions.
0: (laughs) Science is the devil. You can Uh, live out any
2: fantasy a man can have. All three of them. (laughs) (laughs) At the same time. Wow. Just take this weird pink pill and have a funky smile on your face. Who's the pleasure drone now?
3: (laughs) My sole purpose in life is to bring pleasure to my companions. (laughs) They're expecting me in the reward room. Reward room? Never mind. You'll love it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Foreshadowing. I I like how they didn't even like tell us like he didn't even use his fancy like, oh, he didn't have it. I don't think at that point his lighter, but to like deprogram his four sister wives. Like he just had to like walk up to them and be like,
2: you're not a pleasure unit. (laughs) Yeah. Remember me. You were going to make me some eggs and I was wondering where those are. Look at this beard I've grown.
0: You haven't been around to shave me. (laughs) You're not a pleasure unit. Let's get back to my house where you shave me.
3: You're not a pleasure unit. You're an appliance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> terrible. Yeah, that 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 was bad, but I was going to say like it sucks too because like um this is Rodney the whole time has been like I'm I'm a better bad guy than you are to to Gila
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um and uh then when like the scientists are like, yeah, you you kind of right, like you, you messed up, like we trusted you and you messed up and
3: then, but like, it's okay. We're scientists. We're used to failure. Like, it's fine. Right,
0: right. Yeah, and so they're like, okay. And then Rodney's like, I know a way you can serve Galaxy. Take her to the pleasure unit thing. And I was like, whoa. Wow.
3: Yeah. <laughs> time out really there, hard Rod Rod.
0: Like, you know what? I don't want that raised boss. Never mind.
3: <laughs> You're still going. <laughs>
0: that... You're right. That was like a really great line from Rodney. He's like, uh, I I wrote it down. I wrote it down. He's like, gentlemen, forgive me. You're scientists. As such, you're accustomed to failure. It merely increases your desire for success. But in my business, failure is inexcusable. We've treated him too lightly. He's too dangerous to live. (laughs)
2: Like at that point, I was in my business as a middle manager. The shareholders would be very (laughs) upset with my failure and ineptitude. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is what we need. We need Rodney's backstory because we just have nothing.
2: Like, I don't know what yeah.
0: your business is.
2: Let me cut out Why the middleman and I bad. can bring you the murder wholesale. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Send him to the electrofragmatizer.
2: Come on down to <laughs> Hot Roddy's House of Pain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i just like i just like the idea of mr whipple being like remember your pleasure is to serve and also don't squeeze the charmin <laughs> 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 and and the programming scene of the pleasure units uh that's like straight out of zardoz
1: yeah don't call. Yes. oh my
0: gosh yeah it, except like the bad part was is like they they had like this wheel set up to like mesmerize people, yeah, but you know, unless you have Derek Flynn's like shining eyes and teeth um right. which can deprogram you but but they also had like this like framework they put in front of the camera and they yes. changed
2: shots and it stayed the same and, and the still, camera kind of moved and yeah I was it like, would Whoa. pan and it would still be there, the saran wrap, yeah
0: I was like what's what's going on?" That, that's so weird i was like are we being programmed right now
3: yeah to like this movie
2: <laughs> <laughs> or at least forget why it was bad and be like well maybe i could see it again i um,
0: i've always had a a soft spot for the one guy the one pilot uh in the star wars series where he he's like two x-wings against a star destroyer (laughs) like i just i love that guy like his delivery of the line his only line probably ever in movie history (laughs) (laughs) but it's also really great at the end of this movie when uh they escape the exploding volcano hideout and they're all being rescued in a boat and like um our supervisor guy is watching on and there's like a ship captain or someone next to him and they're looking through and through binoculars and seeing everyone. And his only line is blankets. <laughs> 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 and, I, and, and I like nothing. I don't even think anyone's like, Oh good. They're all rescued or here they come. They just look through the glasses and he's like Blankets. And, like, someone runs <laughs> off, and I was like, what, what's happening? Like, are they on the boat now? Because you guys are looking through binoculars. I'm assuming they're way, really far away.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and sure enough, here's some sailors, like, putting blankets around everyone that comes up, except for Flint, because he's, like, auto dry. <laughs> yes, right. I
3: love how the boat that's, like, picking them up is pretty much like a Navy destroyer. It just seems, like, wildly (laughs) inappropriate. Like, you could have gotten a much smaller boat or maybe a helicopter to do that job. Um, Well,
0: I thought they sent out, like, a smaller boat because I thought your comment was going to be, it looked just like a regular boat, like, not like a military boat, (laughs)
1: like, (laughs) like oars and
0: everything. (laughs) And then, of course, Flint uh, swam back, like the girls were picked
4: up
2: in a boat. (laughs) Right.
4: Right, And it's, everybody it's, cares about bringing you know, the girls on board, but then, of course, when Flint arrives, people are just facing the straight forward, and they seem almost surprised to see him behind them, like, oh, hello. <laughs> that was one of the many things, I don't know if it was like a direction problem, or if yeah. it was written to look that way. I really can't tell.
3: Maybe they yeah. wanted to build suspense.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and just horribly failed. Whatever. I think we can concur that whatever they were trying to do with that, they horribly failed. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I do feel like with how like he's our man Flint in the whole movie he's like he's the guy that can do no wrong. So you would think that they would know where he is and that they're all going to be super happy to see him and that he made it. And, you know, they're well, not going to make him swim all the way to the boat.
3: <laughs> you know maybe they were just forgetful they were kind of tense and on guard with the whole purple alert thing going on <laughs> yes purple alert that's right was I really think the only part of
4: that. this the only part of this scene for me that really worked was Blanket's guy but of course it probably took about 15 takes just to get that right <laughs> <laughs> Blanket's he kept
3: trying
2: <laughs> he kept trying to add more to it the director just keeps going in like no just Stop say blankets. You just need to say blankets. Number one, blankets. <laughs> Someone fetch the sew. duvets. <laughs>
0: We're having guests. Quilts. Quilts. <laughs> Damn it, that's good. I like that.
2: <laughs> Pillows. Damn it. <laughs>
4: I knew this just yesterday. Take 16. <laughs> right. <laughs>
3: I wonder if he's in the credits as Man Who Says Blankets.
2: Man man Who
3: Says Blankets. (laughs) Who is that guy? I want to know.
0: Seaman. He's Major General Blankets. 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 His real name is
4: Linus. That's his skill. He said Blankets in about 14 other movies. People hire him specifically to say blankets. <laughs> Show up <at> same blankets. <laughs> He's so good at it.
0: That's actually been my dream. Uh, I'm not lying about that. Like I always wanted to be like in five or six different movies, like different genres and everything, yeah, but, but with the same mind. It <laughs> was like a dream of mine just to be like in the Marvel movies and the DC movies as like a waiter and be like, would you like a water as well? <laughs> I thought I could really spin this into a, a great career if it was like I had the one line, but it was also product placement. So I'd be like, would you like a Coke with that?
3: <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking at the credits and the blanket guy is not in there. <laughs> like, he must have been so excited injustice. to tell his mom, and like, this must have been a huge disappointment
0: oh (laughs) that reminds me i just uh unfortunately like you know youtube and it's autoplay it autoplayed a a video and then i had to watch it and uh it, it was an interview with some of the cast of uh avengers which plays tonight and uh and they were talking about black panther and uh And a guy who plays Bucky, he's like, yeah, my mom went to see it. And then she called me after and was like, I thought you were in this film. And he's like, I was. It's the scene after the credits. She's like, oh, I didn't stay for that. (laughs) Good for her. (laughs) Exactly. Well, yeah, you just made me think of that. Uh, Yeah, blankets. That's the last thing I had in my notes. And I'm glad I remembered what that meant. (laughs) okay Uh,
1: do you have any other (laughs) I actually
3: do have a couple of things Um, I thought it was really funny after getting wrapped in the blankets the president calls and Flint won't even take a call from the president he just walks over to his four wives and they get into a big old smooch fest and then the big reveal is that Gila is going to be wife number five probably, and then the island blows up.
2: Right. And uh, the supervisor laughs maniacally. Right! He's just like, ah! Everything worked out, and nobody followed the rules, and it's all fine anyway! <laughs>
3: ah! ha, liver. I kind of also thought it was funny that Although all these things happen, there's no real aftermath to the story. Like, the minute they finish up, it's immediately the credits. <laughs> like, you don't see him and five people sitting down to dinner. Right, well, right. Like, no one debriefs or talks about how things are better now. <laughs> as far as we know, the Earth's temperature didn't get any lower.
4: Right, yeah. Yeah, I think the ending kind of speaks for itself, in my opinion. So all of the warmongering countries of the world come together to blow up the island of misfit Canadians who only <laughs> wanted peace, love, and happiness. But now everybody can have their war again, so naturally everybody is just very good. Yeah. yeah, It's a social commentary above anything else.
0: Except
2: it's <laughs> Let's restore global the warming team. back to its normal pace. Yeah, I would... I was
0: going to say, similar to Jacob, that uh, I think we're living the end of the film. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, nerds tried to rule the world. Nerds are bad. Stop doing science, make more cars. <laughs>
4: Yeah, you, know, you wouldn't even blink if all of the TVs all around you all suddenly turned off and then turned on, and then you saw, like, Mark Zuckerberg's face on there telling you about how he's going to rule the world. I don't think that's an implausible situation.
2: <laughs> hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. only implausible if he's coherent.
0: Ooh. <laughs> I was going to add to that and say... it. It would only be plausible if he could control every TV, because otherwise, no one's gonna watch him, because he just is like dead in the eyes.
3: <laughs> yeah, it sounds way worse than this movie.
0: Yeah, he could like he could phone me up uh, on Skype video chat and say, uh, say, "Hey, I'm gonna give you a million dollars." Be like, "You're so boring, man. Stop talking." <laughs>
2: <laughs> My fellow Facebook friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here tonight to make a very special announcement, a new product I'm launching. It's called government Facebook government. It take it's taken over the world and all of the current world all of the all of the current governments report to me now. So don't worry. Uh the Facebook privacy policy will be binding globally. Uh and that policy will state that you have no no privacy. Very not simple, even, straight to the point. Not even
4: Zowie can stop me. Not even,
2: not even Zowie can stop me. Not even not even the terrific team of Helm and Flint working alone together can stop me.
3: I love how all these spies are really boring last names. Bond, <laughs> Helm, and Flint. Yes. Well, you could almost start a fire with that.
0: Yeah, I really felt that somewhere I needed to do like a Flint joke about uh, Flint, Michigan's water problem. But I just Mm. had nowhere nowhere in there.
1: Mm.
3: Well, the scientists would have fixed it with their damn weather control machine.
2: (laughs) Their damn weather control machine. machine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you did like this movie because you're obviously really upset about the weather control machine.
3: I, I thought it was a fun premise—the idea that like a bunch of idealistic people wanted to hold the Earth hostage so that they could get their way, and like they weren't just normal supervillains.
0: I think it would have been more plausible if like they were using the weather control machine, and like it was a group of like uh, people in an old folks' home were like, "We can't have this. Like the only thing we have to talk about is the weather, and if we know what it's going to be like."
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Change it up a little bit.
2: Oh, I see. Add an algorithm to the weather control machine. I see. See, they should have they should have just uh messed with the world's economy because that would have that would have devolved the world much faster. Like if you really wanted to mess with it, just put some rain in Africa and <laughs> Discover what happens when, like, a bunch of people are there and can grow food and, like, build a
4: gigantic economy. Um, yeah, but
3: would, if they did that, you know, no one would blame them. Like, they wouldn't be the bad guy.
4: Right, 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 right. Toto will even make a song about it, and he'll become super famous. Exactly.
2: <laughs> I'm not seeing a downside here.
0: Well, it would be a downside if they didn't share it with us, those damn Wakandans. <laughs>
4: I want my own black suit hidden in a necklace. <laughs> anyway, Sean, if you're really that attached to the weather machine, all you need to do is acquire a series of large steam filled pipes. And you can make mm. your own.
3: Right. Is that all is that all that it takes?
4: Clearly. Well
2: you have to you have to position them on an unstable volcano so that you have access to tectonic plates, because for some reason the tectonic plates are important to how the whole thing works.
1: Hmm.
0: And this movie came out before You Only Live Twice, where James Bond had a volcano <laughs> lair. Well, yeah. he didn't, but the bad guys did. Yeah. So I was like, that's funny that the parody movie beat you to it.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like although this is like clearly in the dustbin of history, like this guy is like clearly a superior James Bond and in a lot of ways, you could pass this off as, like, a pretty decent early James Bond film.
0: Yeah, like, in comparison to the Bond film that we watch, You Only Live Twice. Wow. Um, there was Spock in that also. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this film, like, was
4: much better put together, like, at least story-wise. Mm-hmm. It was at least and even though it... Even though it refers to women as pleasure units, it is still far less sexist than the other one. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Uh-huh. Yep.
3: <laughs> this What's was a very like... proper, friendly, like family-friendly James Bond almost, except for the extra partner thing. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it was the 60s. I'm... It was a different time.
2: I'm trying to figure yeah. out where in the world you would have a a uh, grass-built
4: hut in front of a hydroelectric dam. In a diorama that they built specifically to shoot that scene.
2: Yeah, right. I suppose that's the only place, really.
3: Um, At least they didn't, like, zoom out and show that it was really a scale model.
1: <laughs>
2: that's true. It's only a model.
0: Oh, wow. And I noticed when they did that shot, too, like there was already water everywhere. Like going (laughs) through the grass hut, there was water. And I was like, they didn't blow up the dam yet. (laughs) He thinks it's bad now. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... It's like the whole premise of the movie is really confusing because, like, at first I thought that giant remote control just got them stock footage clips. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't control the weather. (laughs) Stock footage remote! Stock footage remote! You need stock footage remote!
4: You push a giant button and then there's just a picture of a woman laughing, eating a salad. (laughs) 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 Uh, Old man is sitting in
2: front of a computer. I've already got that one.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. Can we be in the future where we collect stock footage instead of uh, trading cards? (laughs) (laughs) I'll trade you woman eats yogurt for (laughs) bowling man drops the
3: ball. (laughs) Just need to wait for capitalism to fall out of the bottom just a little bit more.
2: (laughs) And then we'll be there. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I gotta put in the show notes. Uh, there's like this music video that uh, there's this director I really like, um, and uh, he does some really crazy music videos. And one of them he did for this guy, and it's such a strange name, like D's—I Deez- don't DZ or something. And uh, they made the video just with stock footage clips and put like the singer in all the clips, and <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Much better than this film. Segway. <laughs>
1: um,
0: yeah. So, so Jacob, mm-hmm. you didn't like this. You thought it was the worst movie we've made you watch so far.
4: You know what? After hearing all of your opinions about it, I think it's it's given me a bit more of an uh, appreciation. Viewing it on my own, with it fresh in my mind, I see like all of the 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 director, you know missteps the fact that when he was saying you're not a pleasure unit to everybody it was clearly somebody that had a button that just repeated the noise (laughs) you're not a pleasure unit and then that way that they didn't have to spend the extra money to make the actor record it a second time you know little things like that that really stuck out when i watched it but it's true when you say that this could be like a plausible you know james bond-esque prequel and nobody would talk about it very much but it wouldn't be that bad. So I don't know where I stand. I'm at a thumb pointing sideways, not a thumb up or a thumb down, but a thumb pointing sideways. <laughs> well, that's an improvement.
0: Yeah, it's a good reminder. Like, uh, It's happened to me and to Paul. We've discussed this a couple of times on the show where like, we watch it so that we can do the show, and then we're like, oh, Right. Like, we were being really critical because we're doing the show. Like, if we were sitting around <laughs> with people watching it, it might be actually pretty damn hilarious. Yeah.
4: Like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. You know, I would take my children to go see it in a theater. You know, find the middle ground, stuff like that. <laughs>
0: I would take someone else's job. Wait, that's wrong. Okay. So... <laughs> that means it's time to stop before Chris keeps putting his foot in his mouth. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So what about you, Sean? You, you actually kind of liked it.
3: Yeah. So I actually thought it stood on its own as a movie, which was kind of a nice surprise. Um, The biggest thing I took away from this, aside from like the sheer goofiness of it was like the set design I thought was really amazing. Like as far as like a low budget sixties film is concerned, like yeah. Actually, like, every set is really ornate, really interestingly decorated. There's, like, a lot of weird, jagged, angular designs that don't make sense. Things are spewing smoke from, like, metallic nipples, and yeah, you know, <laughs> it evokes something that, like, f- it fills the trope of a spy movie really well, but it looks very unique, and I really liked that.
4: Agreed.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, they definitely didn't spend as much money on trick bridges as they did in the Matt Helm movie. <laughs> Um <laughs> and uh, or, or
0: trap doors from the Bond
2: movie <laughs> trap doors from the Bond movie yeah yeah they um I liked this movie I didn't quite like it as much as Masters of the Universe I feel like that's the best one we've watched this season actually for as much razzing as we gave it last uh last week um I definitely liked it better than both. Both the Bond movie and the uh, Matt Helm movie to put it in our uh, in in our uh, spy genre <laughs> for the for this season. Um, I enjoyed it. I don't know if it's a so bad it's good, but I did like it.
0: Yeah, I I'm I kind of felt like wait, this movie might not be bad, like it might actually be, like, entertaining, like, in a way that maybe a TV show that you don't really care about, so you throw it on while you do something else, like, program or something, or do HTML, like, Supernatural or
1: something. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it
0: it wasn't, like, a terrible watch. And then, like, the scenes where they might be in that area of uh, so bad it's good, like, they're entertaining, so... Yeah, I'm almost like it. it's just it's well-crafted. It's not like at all like that Dean Martin film where you're just like, yeah. oh, this is really bad. We and do, then-
2: I was going to say we do have a tendency to have a hard time with these ones that are parodies. Um, yeah. Because yeah. we had the same thing with uh, Dr. Goldfoot in The Bikini Machine where it was like it is really entertaining, but I'm not even sure it's bad because it's sort of <laughs> intended to be what it is. And right. it, it kind of pulls off what it's trying to be on some level. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah.
3: It, it. I definitely it's felt tough. like. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you
0: first. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, it, it is tough when it, like you said, it's a parody and it's intended to be funny, and yeah, so that it is yeah i just felt like it was pretty entertaining like i didn't mind watching it and there were times that i kind of had to slog through it but otherwise it wasn't bad
4: just like the trump presidency whoa (laughs) whoa
3: Whoa.
4: (laughs) spoken like a true (laughs) canadian
3: you don't have to deal with this (laughs) Hmm.
2: yeah so we are getting what we paid for there i'll give you that jacob (laughs)
0: i was gonna i was gonna tell you sean that uh you you like the sets and you like the costumes and uh i read i haven't actually confirmed this but i read that most of the costumes and even the logo for the bad guys is reused in the tv show land of the giants
3: (laughs) oh my god (laughs) I mean, of course, like, it's all masterpieces. Why would you throw it away?
0: <laughs> right. That's uh, perfect. I love it. Let's reuse this. Done. It's it's like it's like that episode uh, of Seinfeld where uh, Kramer gets the set out of the garbage and does the talk show in his house with no cameras. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, are we on that utopian island
4: where there are pleasure units? No, this is Land of the Giants. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> they still brought back Blanket guy. I guarantee you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I and mean, I definitely felt like Murderers Row just like slapped sets together from other movies. Like
1: mm-hmm.
3: the the villain's lair is like some castle that's clearly from like either a Victorian like horror movie or like you know, some medieval film. And like everything just feels stitched on to each other. And like, I didn't feel like this was the case in this movie.
2: Yeah. Well, and I mean, comparing it back to masters of the universe, which we watched last week, uh, they spent (laughs) about $27 million on Skeletor's castle. Uh, and then they shot the rest of the movie at a waffle house. So (laughs) it was, uh, not comparable from that perspective. Sorry, but that, again, wasn't
0: Skeletor's castle. That was Castle Grayskull, the center of the universe, which looks like a skull and is evil looking, but it's actually a nice place. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it in the cartoon. I don't get it in the movie. I'm so confused. Yes, sure. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm really glad. I think this is perfect time to wrap it up. If anyone else doesn't have anything to add, we can do that thing in podcasts where we say, like, where to find us and whatnot.
3: I'll close with this, which was probably my favorite line in the whole movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. The bad guy's organization is called Galaxy. At one point, Derek Flint says, I'm going to put Galaxy into orbit.
2: (laughs) Yep. 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 Oh, and he straight up asks double or double o eight triple o eight how uh, Specter's going.
4: <laughs> yes, yeah, I caught that one too. Yeah, he says. Wink,
2: wink.
0: Uh, yeah, he says. Uh, Do you think Specter's behind this? And he's like, "It's bigger than Specter."
1: <laughs>
0: so yeah, yeah, I I think. Mm, before we close, I would just uh, say for those of you listening with the Derek Flint Codebook, twenty-eight, eleven, nineteen, <laughs> 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 like the whole movie, he just says random numbers and like someone's translating.
2: It's it remind it that that reminds me of the scene in uh, Wayne's World when he starts speaking Mandarin. And he just says two syllables, and then the subtitles go on for, like, 14 screens. (laughs) (laughs) He says, like, four numbers into his radio, and she's like, "Uh, he says that they're on this island in the middle of the South Pacific, and it's about to blow. (laughs) What? (laughs) That is an impressive code. There's some compression in there. 1936.
4: It was the best of times. It was the worst of times.
0: (laughs) Oh, sorry. I got the numbers transposed. Uh, That's not what he said. (laughs) Yeah. It's just the Dewey Decimal
2: System. He's telling you to go find a book.
4: (laughs) When did this turn into reading Rainbow?
2: (laughs) Oh, You don't have to take my word for it.
0: That brings up a point that I I, I forgot to mention was the fact that, like, he was going to tell them where the island was so they could blow it up. And then he (laughs) found out his four sister wives were there. So he's like, oh, I'm not going to tell you yet because I got to go save them. (laughs) Right,
4: right. Family reunion.
0: Yeah, and Mm -hmm. I was like, what's going on here? Like, uh, I feel like we're getting into a real Death Star kind of conversation and clerks here because there are other people on this island that may be brainwashed (laughs) into pleasure
2: units, and you're like, oh, forget them. Right, right. And also, as long as the island exists, global warming. (laughs) But whatever. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: like their one scientist who didn't turn evil who's sitting there in the back going, okay, um, we can destroy the weather control machine, but it's located on a volcano. And when that volcano erupts because of the explosion, the Arctic is actually going to get warmer, as is the whole Earth from the cloud that... (laughs) (laughs) Right. So we're really in a kind of like, do we buy an electric vehicle when all the power comes from coal? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, let's just get rid of the pleasure unit thing and let these guys do their stuff. He's a scientist. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah um thanks for listening and thank you jacob hey do you want people to like check something out or 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 you know like plug
4: something yeah well you can follow me at peak winter on twitter Uh, my most recent project among the 1001 i have going on at any given time (laughs) is a website called slow news which is the news but only updates once a day and is not connected to any social media so uh no more seeing all of the CNN posts on Facebook just because one estranged and liked one thing one time. Uh, so that website is called slow news, slow N E dot W S. I love
3: it.
0: Sweet. And Sean, you, you got something to plug?
3: Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess, uh, <laughs> I re I write a lot about decentralization and, uh, trying to build a website but i'm kind of lazy so at the moment i'm on medium with we distribute um but, but you know that's like not the most important thing in the world like you guys already know about that my, my mom doesn't though so that's good <laughs> your mom knows all about decentralization it's true <laughs> I'm, yeah.
2: I'm not sure what that means <laughs> <laughs>
3: She's on the deep web, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's getting worse. Please stop. <laughs> she tried to buy some new traffic with Bitcoin.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm trying not to keep going with this.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm sorry.
0: Fake news. Um, wow. All right, uh, thanks
2: for uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and mom. You can't um, find me anywhere on the internet. I am not a with these people. <laughs>
1: yeah, no,
4: he's not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's
0: not. Paul Paul's on a social media diet. It's kind of like the Saint Clair diet, with, without those zombies or whatever flesh eating. It's true.
2: It's true. Uh, you can find me at pauld.micro.blog. Wow. Yeah. I mean, awesome. I, technically, Paul D is still a thing on Twitter as well, and maybe I'll hook up the cross-posting or something, but don't at me. <laughs> not going anywhere. <laughs> don't at me, wow. bro. You
0: just, you just served up the challenge to two developers <laughs> who are now going to stay up tonight and develop bots to at you all the time.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> just with the sound effect of that phone call.
2: do do do, 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 do. <laughs>
0: oh wow Mm -hmm. and i'm at at sick days on mastodon and some other things and yeah you know yeah enjoy enjoy uh and remember wherever you are there you are so Mm. good night everyone or a good day or if this is the afternoon hey take a break and have a snack (laughs) good plan meditate between two chairs and if you can't do it then you're not real (laughs)
3: <laughs> if your heart stops, remember to have a watch to wake you. Yes,
2: yeah. <laughs> yes. Don't Another worry, couple. Univac will pick you one day. <laughs>